0: Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me for today's podcast. Hey, in just a few minutes, I'm going to talk to you about leadership traps traps that leaders fall into that stop them from being effective as a leader. But before I do, I would like for you to put on your calendar a couple of dates, August the 8th. August the 8th, I'm doing uh, strategic church growth in Miami, Florida at a friend of mine's Frank Lopez's church. I want to encourage you to come. We are going to jump into what church is and how church is to work in ways that I think will help you. And then on August 22nd, I will be doing the same uh, information and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, at John Newsos. Now, John is just a fantastic man of God, and you're going to enjoy him a whole lot. And that's August 22nd. Now, both of these you need to sign up at GeraldBrooksMinistries.com. And then on October 20th and 21st, we are doing our leadership conference, North Texas Leadership Conference. It's on a Thursday and a Friday. I want to invite you to come. Now, our full Registration those of you that have been here, you know what that means are already sold out but we have partial registrations that will get people in the room and you know what I feel about being in the room. The room is what multiplies you so you can sign up for that also at geralbrooksministries.com Going back to leadership traps, it is amazing how often leaders fall into the same traps over and over again. So I want to walk you through some of those traps that get in the way of being an effective leader. Where I'm going to take them from is Matthew chapter 6. In Matthew chapter 6, there's some verses that Jesus gives us that I think really, really help us understand leadership. In verses 19 and 20, he talks about where is your treasure and he talks about where people put their treasure so let me just start with trap number one investing unwisely investing unwisely now again in matthew chapter 6 verses 19 and 20 jesus highlights the word treasure Now, treasure is one of those words that deals with uh, life just being significant and valuable because you have the resources to accomplish. But Jesus warns us about our treasure. He says, you better invest and locate your treasure wisely. He said, on earth, there's a lot of things that will mitigate your treasure. But then he says, but in heaven, there are things that tend to multiply Your treasure. So he starts off and he says, You need to have an investment mindset that you are going to invest in the best place and you're going to get the best return and you are going to get the most return on your investment. And so Jesus highlights that. And basically, the way he highlights it is he talks about the temporal and he talks about the eternal. And he says, hey, a wise investment just isn't based on temporal things. It's based on eternal things. So you can't just look at this life as the finish line. You have to see longer and bigger. And he also emphasizes us versus others, that good investments exceed us and really impact others. And the Bible emphasizes the difference between success and significance. And we've talked about this before. Success is what happens to you. Significance is what happens through you. So if you take the Bible... um, Template, then here's what you find um, treasures that are going to be highly impactful will be bigger than the te- uh, temporal. They will affect the eternal. They're bigger than us. They impact others. And they're more than success. They create significance. Now, those of you in business, you'll know the name Warren Buffett. Uh, Warren Buffett is just the master of investments. He oversees Berkshire. Hathaway. It's a company that does investments, um, just magnificent and their ability to produce and replicate income year after year and literally decade after decade. Now, Warren Buffett gave some secrets to investing. He said, number one, invest in what you know. Number two, invest in what you enjoy. He says, if you don't understand it, don't invest in it. If you can't explain it, don't invest in it. And if you don't personally enjoy it, then it's probably not a good investment. Now, Jesus, on the other hand, in these two verses, he talks about wisely investing and poorly investing, and he gives us some investment strategies. Jesus' strategy is this, heaven before earth. If it comes down to a decision on where I invest, I always invest heaven more than earth. I'm always thinking about above more than below, and I am investing based on what makes heaven bigger, and as I like to say it, the kingdom of God better. But he not only talks about heaven before earth, he talks about heaven more than earth. And so if it comes down to, hey, I have enough resources to do uh, a little bit, I'm always going to take my little bit and leverage it towards heaven and take less of it and leverage leverage it towards earth. And people are saying, you mean I just ignore down here? No, you don't ignore down here, but you live based on up there. And so the first thing he says is that, All of us have been given some things to invest. We've been given time. We've been given talent. We've been given treasure. And we need to invest it wisely. But bad leaders invest unwisely. They'll take their time. They'll take their talent and their treasure. And they will invest in things that don't give the maximum return. And the maximum return is always heaven above earth. So that's number one. In verse 24, Jesus takes it a little bit different, and he puts it this way. He says, no man can serve two masters. He will love the one, and he will hate the other. And within this thought is a leadership trap, and that is the loss of focus. He says, you can't divide your attention. You can't take your focus and focus on two things— You've got to centralize your focus and make sure you're focused on what really, really demands attention. See, distraction is one of the greatest traps of leadership. And when a leader loses focus, it is a trap for them. It is a trap for those that they lead and it is a trap for the organization that they lead. See, when a leader is distracted— the people become paralyzed. When a leader's distracted, the people become paralyzed. They end up being paralyzed by the lack of focus. Well, they say, well, what do we do? Do we do this? Do we not do this? Do we do it this way? Do we not do it this way? See, a leader's distraction will always lead to a paralyzed organization. Divided attention equals disaster in leadership. You've got to know where you're going and you have to focus on where you're going and you have to stay focused on where you're going. Okay, two traps. The trap of not wisely investing your time, talent and treasure. The second, the trap of a loss of focus, having a divided attention so that you're not focused on what is critically important, and staying attentive to that which needs to be at the forefront. Number three is mind games. Mind games can become a trap. In verse 25, Jesus says, take no thought. Now, that sounds very simple to us, but what he's talking about is, is, is the engagement of our thought pattern. All of us have been gifted with a mind, and our minds are an important piece of our leadership journey. Paul put it this way. He said, there has to be renewing of your mind. Your mind has to be trained in new ways so that you maximize God in your life. So mind games, he says, take no thought. And he begins to talk about how our minds will begin to become occupied with so many issues. Uh, Naturally, this could be called shadow boxing. If you've ever seen it, someone is in the ring, but a light hits them from an angle and you can see their uh, shadow against the wall. And there they are punching and their shadow is punching too. But here's the thing, their shadow never hits anything. Why? Because they're punching against themselves. They're fighting against themselves. And that's what Jesus was talking about. Mind games are when our minds basically having us battle ourselves, And so what our minds will do is they will create problems that don't exist. So a pastor will call me and he will present a circumstance going on. When he presents that circumstance going on, they'll then say, well, what if they say this? Well, what if they do this? Well, what if someone else says this? Well, what if someone else does this? And I get it. Everyone wants to learn for contingencies. But here's the thing. Our mind will always create problems that do not exist. And if you fall into the trap of chasing mind games, you will spend up all your time being involved in issues that are non-existence. They they have no fact to them. They have no basis for them. They have no reality. Please understand this. Your mind will always take you to the darkest place. Your mind will always take you to the worst scenario. And therefore, the Bible says... Learn to think on these things. You're going to have to engage your mind so that your mind isn't the battleground for your leadership. Well, what about this? If this happens, what about this? Mind games, the trap of letting your mind create uh, problems that really don't exist in any world other than the mental world that you live in. Number four is chasing the unimportant, chasing the unimportant. Leadership is one of those interesting uh, venues because in leadership, you're given so many things, and people will always give their problems upward because if you can solve their problems, they don't have to. And one of the things that leaders need to recognize is there's things at their leadership level that are just unimportant, and they don't need to be pushed up. They need to be pushed down. They don't need to be relegated up. They need to be delegated down. And so Jesus talks about the birds of the air, how they're not out there working and they're not out there in the fields sowing and, and building barns to gather. They're not doing any of that. Why? He's saying there are things that you just don't have to do. You don't chase things that are unimportant. There are things that I can do that only I can do And those are the things I do. There are things that others can do and many others can do, and I should let them do. But when I want to chase the details down the rabbit hole, I become a trap to the organization because I'm chasing the unimportant. And my job is to be the individual who is attentive to that which is important. And so chasing the unimportant gets us in trouble. Another thing he goes on in verse 27, he says, which of you by giving thought, again, anxiety, fear, worry, those shadow boxing, those mind games, which of you by giving thought can add one cubic to a stature? Or basically, if I think hard enough, can I get taller? Well, dear Jesus, if I could think hard enough and get taller, I would have done it in life. But here's what Jesus was talking about. There are some things that are just a waste of energy. They're non-productive and they don't produce an outcome. They don't do anything that adds to the equation. And since they don't produce an ad- outcome or add to the equation, you just need to look at those things and say, I'm not going to do them. And so don't waste your energy on the unproductive. Every day you need to ask yourself, what can I do that is going to add to the eternal line? What can I do that's going to add to the bottom line? What can I do that is going to make other people's lives better? What can I do that's going to make the kingdom of God better? And you need to focus on the things that will achieve that. But you don't get all ramped up and be chasing after with your energy things that are unproductive and are not going to achieve any results. See, I get asked the question all the time, what would the old Gerald, how I look now, say to the young Gerald, how I used to look? And my answer is always the same. Appreciate the energy when you have it young because you're going to wish you had it when you were old. See, God created you not infinite, but finite. And God's given everyone the energy that they need to accomplish His will on this earth. What He hasn't done is He hasn't given you the energy you need to accomplish everything you want to do or others want you to do. You've been given the energy to accomplish the will of God so that one day you can stand before God. And he can look at you and say these words, well done, my good and faithful servant. Now, here's the thing about that. You can't waste your energy. I watch people that do so many things that are unimportant, that are just a total waste of energy, thinking to myself, if they were to take that energy and focus it on something meaningful for God this world would be a better place. The people around them would be better off. Don't waste energy on unproductive. Don't get caught up in things that aren't an addition to life. Don't get caught up in things that for sure are a subtraction to life. Target your energy. Over in Isaiah, it talks about O everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the water, and he who hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Wherefore did you spend your money on that which matters not? He's talking about a perspective. That in life, there's things that we really want to invest our energy in, and there's things that we do not. Don't waste your energy. In verse 30, he talks about, how certain people chase after things. And all their effort and activity is towards those things. But what he says is he uses this phrase, O ye of little faith. And O ye of little faith is just a reference that if you're going to lead, you can't misplace your faith. Now, here's the thing about a leader. A leader wants to make things happen. A leader wants to make things happen well and effectively. But as much as I feel I bring talent to the table, my talent isn't enough if I don't believe God. As much as I bring energy to the table, my energy isn't enough unless I believe God. As much as I can build a team around me and I can create a system around me, My team and my systems are not enough if I don't believe God. Ultimately, if you're going to lead, faith is a part of the journey. You have to believe and above that God takes our energy and he molds it into something way bigger than we can do. He takes our efforts and he makes them bigger than we can make them. And the ultimate biblical example is the loaves and fishes. Every day I offer God loaves and fishes, five loaves and two fish, but only God can multiply it and change 5,000 people's lives. So I need to make sure that with all my energy, all my effort, all my focus, all my treasure, that I'm saturating that with faith, a meaningful faith in God, that that's what I do. And so if I misplace my faith, all my efforts become man-made and there's no God made in them. That's a trap. The next trap, forgetting the one thing, forgetting the one thing. Jesus goes through this whole passage of scripture and he says this, seek ye first. There's something that just has to be the priority. There's something that is of utmost importance, and all other things are less important to them. See, we live our lives thinking everything is equally important, that every game that our kid plays is as important, that every event that we can go to is as important, and that everything in life is equally important, but they're not. We have to realize there's some things that are the most important, And Jesus said, seek first, make this the priority, make this the aim, the goal, the quest, make this what you target. Forgetting the one thing messes you up. Every day I have to remember the one thing. That one thing is God. That one thing is doing the will of God. That one thing is following the priorities of God. I'm going to put him first. I'm going to put my wife second. I'm going to put my family third. I'm going to put my calling forth, and I'm going to put everything else down line from that. And when there comes a question of what I'm going to do, I'm going to make sure first never gets subjugated to second. So we fall into a trap when we forget the one thing. And then in verse 34, overlooking the importance of today, that's a trap. See, I don't control tomorrow. I don't know if I will see tomorrow. I control today, and I control today and today alone. And because I control today, I have to make today the best day that I know how to do it. And the trap of leaders is when we overlook today. We're so out front that where we are today, we're not doing things that will be meaningful. If this were my last day, I want it to be my best day. And Jesus said, you know what? You just take care of today. Because tomorrow has sufficient issues that you're going to have to face then. But you can't even know what those issues are because that's tomorrow. You've got to take care of today. So let me go over these traps. Investing. Unwisely. A loss of focus in our lives. Our mind playing games. Chasing the unimportant. Wasting energy. Misplacing our faith. Forgetting the one thing. And overlooking the importance of today. I hope these help you and I would really encourage you to spend some time just reflecting and maybe do a reflection moment with your team, because I think you'll find that some of these are the traps for you. Maybe not all of them, but some of them are. And if you can understand what traps you, you can succeed in avoiding the trap. I want to remind you on August 8th, Miami, strategic church growth, August 22nd. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Strategic Church Growth. October 20th and 21st, North Texas Leadership. I want to encourage you to sign up for these. Go to Ministries.com. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to Ministries.com.